Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we've got a doozy. We've got a Challenge Cup midweek recap for everybody, and we've got a Challenge Cup weekend preview for you all. But first, a quick reminder on Twitter, for all news and updates, you can follow us at Attacking Third. We also have a TikTok, so go ahead and follow us there. You can watch cool highlights and so much more. And of course, you can catch us as video, too, at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Be sure to hit subscribe if you're already joining us live. And uh, subscribe so you'd never miss out on our exclusive interviews or whenever we go live. Oh, we had to go live with this one, Lisa, because we said, look, recap, preview. There's a lot to get through. So many games. Let's let's join the people. Let's join the masses once more and do everything all at once. So how are you doing today? You ready to get this ball rolling? I'm good. I mean, we talked a little off mic before we went live about how much there is i mean midweek matches we have them and then we have a a weekend slate ahead of us five or five matches on wednesday six so only two clubs getting some rest time this week otherwise it's pretty much back to back to back which i think changed the rosters that we saw on wednesday night because it is such a quick turnaround for so many clubs Um, but i'm excited to chat about it because this these are the weeks right now this midweek wednesday and this upcoming weekend of games that really determine the rest of the challenge cup who makes it onto the semifinals who we could see come out on top which teams are actually being consistent in their play uh and which teams really are not it's kind of a a crapshoot whoever they step out onto the pitch and i want to chat about it with you um and i'm glad we're doing it live so anyone that's with us can join us in the chat say hey ask us some questions give us your thoughts as well yeah, exactly. We love to hear from everybody. I mean, it's hard to believe that we're going to be doing this live episode where it's kind of this fusion of a recap and a preview all at once, right? But the biggest thing that I want to remind everyone joining us right now is that even though a th- three weeks have passed already or three rounds of matches have passed. It's officially the halfway point of the challenge cup. If for whatever reason, people are still trying to get caught up on the action. There's a way for you to do that. You can catch all NWSL matches on Paramount plus you can catch them live and on demand. So check them out. If you've uh, missed a couple matches already, because sometimes the slate of games can be overwhelming, but you can go on back and catch a game that maybe you missed out while you were keeping an eye on another different game. Um, So check that out on Paramount+. Plus. We also need to chat a little bit about 
another fantastic show. We need to talk. Airs a special episode from New Orleans this Sunday. Jamie Edrow, Lisa Leslie, Swin Cash, and Renee Montgomery are going to preview the men's championship game and highlight the legacy of Pat Summit in celebration of the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Plus, the head coaches from both men's championship teams join to look back at their program's tournament runs and discuss the upcoming title game. Catch We Need to Talk on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern at CBS Sports Network. Love We Need to Talk. We we did so much fun stuff with them mm-hmm. during, during this month of March. Hard to believe we already zipped through all of our cool stuff celebrating Title IX with them. Yeah, a huge Title IX series we put out with a lot of panelists from We Need to Talk. It's a great show uh, with women panelists talking about sports and the issues in sports. And, and this one on with a lot of great people and on Pat Summit. Like, love that. What a great conversation for sure. Absolutely. Let's uh, let, let's move ahead a little bit. Let's take a look at uh, some of the matches that we're going to be recapping for everyone, which was five games that took place uh, in midweek action for NWSL Challenge Cup. Uh, Orlando Pride versus Gotham FC, Chicago Red Stars versus Racing Louisville, Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage, Portland Thorns versus Angel City, and Houston Dash versus Kansas City Current. We're going to be taking a deep dive on a trio or so of these games because there were certain uh, teams that kind of tipped the scales a little bit when it comes to the group standings in the East, Central, and West divisions. And two of these teams in particular are really kind of starting to separate themselves kind of from the pack, right? While another one of these teams finally got a breakthrough win, right? And we're going to start at the top of the docket here with Orlando Pride versus Gotham FC. We got to chat a little bit about Gotham FC finally picking up a win in the Challenge Cup. Lisa, uh, what were some of your takeaways from from this match? I think you've said it best, Sandra, finally getting a win. When we previewed the Challenge Cup and previewed Gotham, we had a lot of high hopes for them, but bringing in Christy Mewis, bringing in Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger and, and what they have in their relationship up front with purse and Anamanu and Monahan. There's a lot of good pieces there, but we didn't see that come together in these first few weeks of challenge cup. Honestly, the first 60 minutes of this match against Orlando, even this was a big game. Emotions were very high. Uh, Harris and Krieger returning to Exploria Stadium in Orlando for the first time going against their old club. Um, and, and what we've seen from Orlando throughout this Challenge Cup is a little bit of ups and downs. Uh, they have moments where they can play good defense and they kind of bunker in and they're a scrappy team that's pretty aggressive. And, and they have moments of, of good play. But overall, I would have expected Gotham to dominate this game a month ago when we talked about this between these two sides. And that's just not what we saw. Ultimately, Gotham, they did get on the board, but not until the 86th minute or so on a goal from Margaret Purse. And even then, it was almost like, okay, a goal is a goal. You found the back of the net. But there was nothing super surprising about what Gotham was doing. They weren't dominating this match on every single area of the pitch, which is pretty surprising. I think we're seeing more development from Gotham, though, because they did. They get their first win, and they walk away with three points in this one. Yeah, the late-game goal was spectacular right let's just call it let's just call it what it was like it was a spectacular goal from from margaret purse to to put up gotham in late in a late game situation right and uh it was one of those goals that felt like once it 
got scored, it's like, okay, this is this is a wrap, despite there being maybe a handful of minutes mm-hmm. remaining in this game. A tough break, honestly, if you're the Orlando Pride side of this match when you're watching it or if you're a fan viewing it or if you're a player playing in it, right, to sort of kind of go all the way playing an 86 minute game that looked like you were going to walk away with a bit of a result and then just sort of kind of have this kind of mental lapse, right? It was a goal that came off of a, a throw-in, if I remember yeah. correctly, late in, in the situation where, where we've seen that in, in a couple uh, scenarios throughout different matches already in this Challenge Cup where there's sort of been this lull in play a little bit, and all of a sudden a team kind of gets this uh, this breakthrough goal off of maybe some sloppy uh, play off of a, of a throw in. And so you have somebody like Margaret purse, right. Who has kind of shown us already has that presence of mind to just like make that smart decision when it counts. And we saw her win that penalty, right. You know, with the mm-hmm. foul against Trinity Rodman in the box in the prior week. And then now this one, making sure that she was there to beat her defender and beat the keeper off their line. So to walk away with this win, it's like you're, there's a ton of things here still to see for Gotham and hope that they'll continue to build on their things, uh, on, on their on their offense, specifically on their attack. Because I think a lot of people are looking in on this Gotham side and saying, kind of we're expecting some a little bit more dynamic play, maybe yes. a little bit more dynamic uh, movement in, in the attack. So these early weeks of Challenge Cup, I think, are leaving some questions for for other folks. But uh, it was good to hear Purse kind of in the post game speak a little bit about that and say, listen, we know that there's more to come for us and hopefully this is what it's going to be. And sometimes you need that type of goal or maybe you need that type of result that maybe that's the moment that's going to sort of spark and wake things up for a team. So I'm hoping that that's what this is going to be for this Gotham FC side. I, I hope so. You're exactly right on that because we were expecting more in their attacking presence because this is a, a forward group that has played together and has a lot of skill. On the other side of it for Orlando, um, Michaela Clough has impressed me a lot. And and this is going to be a very challenging year for Clough and for Orlando in how Clough can make an impact in the game. Because as a rookie coming in, How much of an impact can you actually make as a team that's not picking up wins, not picking up results and not really dominating on the field? How can you leave your mark? So this year, I'm really excited to watch the development of Michaela Clough under Amanda Cromwell and alongside players like Sidney LaRue and Gunny Yonsauter in the midfield, Erica Timrak, to help Clough be a little bit more controlling on the ball, which is what we saw against Gotham, picking up the ball in tight spaces, getting on the half turn drive at defenders and then spraying the ball out wide. It was impressive to see. So I'm excited to continue to watch Clough and her development, even though she might not be getting results in Orlando overall. Yeah, let's take a look uh, at uh, the next match that we want to take a little bit on a deep dive on. We are going to take a look at Houston Dash versus Kansas City. This is another game that, again, is sort of bringing the central region into picture, right? We see Gotham steadily staying, trying to keep pace a little bit with North Carolina Courage, who are on top in the East. And now here in the central, Kansas City Curring walking away with a 3-0 victory on the road against Houston Dash and really kind of 
putting some separation between themselves in the mix of uh, this central uh, division in terms of the goal differential, at least. Right. So we're talking about a full three point swing and some goal differential coming into play for Kansas City current. But I think what's really impressive about this, Lisa, is that they're doing this without some of their star signings that they made in acquisitions over the offseason. And it's delightful to see the current kind of shedding that 2021 and then coming out here in 2022 and kind of showing that they're out here to compete. The irony of talking about Gotham and then talking about Kansas City is we had both of these teams high hopes for them for this season coming in. Gotham falling short of those expectations that I had personally and Kansas City exceeding them. Uh, We knew Kansas City was going to be a force to be reckoned with. But as you mentioned, having players that are now out in Lynn Williams and and limited minutes in Sam Mewis and this team still being able to put together a complete 90 minutes and having uh, consistent players in, in Kristen Hamilton, Haley Mays step up and be those game changers in this match. I think one of the most important things about this Kansas City versus Houston game is that Kansas City scored in the opening two minutes off of a set piece. Houston sleeping, just sleeping. This is a team in Kansas City that that's what they want to do. They want to put other teams to to sleep. They don't want to be that team that other opponents have circled on the schedule. We got to watch out. This is going to be a big matchup because that's not what they have been. And then Kansas city is going to come in and it's almost like a slap to the face. So that mm-hmm. open goal off of the corner kick, Taylor Lee finding the back of the net for Kansas city. That was huge. And I think that shocked Houston a little bit because uh, what we talked about from Houston's last match last week is Sophie Schmidt playing higher up the pitch. That's yeah. where she does better. We saw her get the start in midfield for Houston and James Clarkson against Kansas City, but it wasn't enough, especially to have the opening goal come so early in the game and on a set piece. That's just a big mental lapse for yeah. Houston. I think that throughout this match as well, Jean Campbell in goal for the dash, she didn't have her best performance. She made a few mistakes. She came out on a an opportunity that I personally thought was a handball coming outside of the box that Kansas City didn't ultimately score on, but it, it didn't matter. They were able to get a few more, another one before half from, from Hamilton yeah. and then Lola Bonta sealing the deal around the hour mark for this one. But I'm very impressed with what we're seeing from Kansas City. I'm very impressed with the rotation they're finding in their back line and playing different players throughout there. The combination play up top. Hamilton has taken on the role to be the goal scorer for this team in the absence of Mewis and Williams. And Hamilton is doing a great job at it. I love watching Kansas City play right now. They're really fun. Yeah, same here. I think uh, we had high hopes for them right in our power rankings and in all of the work that we were doing towards the offseason in terms of uh, ranking teams and what we were going to be placing them uh, for for the 2022 season. And, and this team hasn't disappointed, right? And I think what I'm most impressed by is their ability to adapt tactically, right, in yeah. order to ensure that they're producing results without these players that they went out and made big trades for, respectively, whether it was a Sam Mewis or, uh, you know, a Lynn Williams. Mewis has been on a, on a minutes restriction with this team over the first couple of weeks and then didn't see action against Houston. And then you had Lynn Williams in the announcement that was made where she was going to be out with a season-ending injury. So missing week two action and obviously not available for this week three match. And 
for matches to come. But we saw this team make those adjustments already in week two, right, against the Chicago Red Stars team. But we saw them make another adjustment against this Houston Dash team, kind of coming out in a five back a little bit and sort of maybe confusing, you know, Houston in terms of what they were going to be presenting to them on the pitch rather uh, than what they were essentially had prepared for. So it's exciting to see that out of this Kansas City side. And it was great to see the rookie Elise Bennett get some time with this team. Because I think when you when we both sort of saw that Lynn Williams was going to be out, I think we both knew, hey, they've still got Kristen Hamilton, right? That is uh, an elite, experienced forward in NWSL. She's someone who can be relied on for goals. Uh, but there's still early in the Challenge Cup where you can have uh, a rookie forward like Elise Bennett get some minutes, get some starts, start to evolve and create some chemistry with this attack and maybe kind of have like a little bit of a run, an early run at getting her name in the mix for rookies who are going to try to make an impact this year. And I think we saw it with her two assists in this game. It was delightful to see. It was a, a little bit of a statement game, I think, from Kansas City, although maybe they might not be referring to it, but it's definitely a bit of for uh, sure. reintroducing yourself. Like, hey, we're here to compete, so don't count us out. So uh, I loved it. I love that it's three goals from three different players and, and, and the rookie getting a couple assists. And Bennett is the one that had the, the breakaway where Gene Campbell coming out just outside of the box and deflecting that ball and then Bennett looking to get the follow-up and just nearly missing that, which a few more games under her belt, I don't think Bennett's missing that. This is a rookie that's looking to take every chance she gets on the pitch to improve her skill, um, but definitely a big match, right? It's fun to watch Kansas City evolve, especially from what they were last year through their off-season changes and acquisitions and now into this Challenge Cup. Yep. Got one more that we're going to get through in terms of a deep dive of the matches that took place midweek. Portland Thorns versus Angel City. Another lopsided score. Another 3-0 victory uh, for last night's weekend or last night's matches. Portland Thorns walking away with the victory in this one over Angel City. Goals from Sophia Smith, from Yasmin Ryan, Morgan Weaver. It was the late night uh, match of the evening. It was the NWSL action after dark type of game. It was the late night title card. So maybe some folks didn't get a chance to take a look at this game and see what kind of came out of it. But we're talking about teams and individual performances that we've been very impressed with from last night's matches. And I think we're looking at this Portland Thorn side and we got to talk about Sophia Smith, Lisa. We have to. This game was fun if you're a Portland fan. Not so fun if you're an Angel City fan, but as as a neutral in myself, just watching for good soccer, this game was tremendous to watch. Having Sophia Smith up top with Morgan Weaver, we've seen Smith and Sinclair, that duo, a lot and what they can do. But to have Weaver and Smith bouncing off of each other, it was tremendous to watch. Off the ball, Morgan Weaver logging miles, tracking down the ball, putting Angel City's back line under a lot of pressure, forcing the ball one way. And then they worked so well together off the ball, staying really tight and central, which forced Angel City to make really dangerous passes that then Portland could pick off and go down the line. So it's really fitting that Smith and Weaver both ended with a goal in this match because I think their work rate was impressive. It was really fun to watch. We're seeing what Coach Wilkinson is doing with this team and with the talent that she's been given. 
And she's thinking outside the box. And that's really, really fun to see. Um, I think some people were a little surprised not to see Sinclair in the lineup, but this is a quick, quick turnaround for Portland. Just three days on the front end of midweek match and then two days on the back end, essentially, before you get ready for another game. But this this was a lot of fun. We also saw Rocky Rodriguez out there for Portland uh, controlling that midfield and, and doing a really nice job there. Bella Bigsby and goal playing really well. And, and honestly, Angel City, they were flat in this one. Kristen Press causing trouble, yeah. but she will always do that. She will always cause trouble. Her shot selection was fine. Nothing yeah. special. It wasn't great. Yeah. It's almost like press. Can you look to combine and, and pass to Lucy and combine with Endo or do something else instead of taking it yourself? Because when you're shooting from 25 yards out and you've got six defenders in front of you, Bigsby's going to get that. It, it's almost like they were missing that final pass. But the the spread of goals as well, 31st minute, 53rd minute, and then 78th minute, I think was also telling of how Portland gradually continued to control this game from the first yeah. whistle until the very end. It's tough a little bit, right? It's like, uh, we know that they're coming into this year that there were going to be a couple expansion sides, Enzo city being one of them. And we know the history of, of expansion teams as they sort of get uh, out there and start to get matches under their belt and sort of uh, maybe the difficulties in, in, in kind of having these slow starts. Right. And we're sort of seeing that w- with angel city. And we saw that, kind of level out I think within 30 minutes they kind of had a similar uh start to this game that they did in their previous match against Oil Rain where they tried to to make something happen very very early in the first half right and then nothing (laughs) ended up coming from it and then things leveled out around the half hour mark because you had Sophia Smith uh get that breakthrough goal and we just sort of witnessed in this match, you know, a game which they were without uh, Savannah McCaskill and sort mm-hmm. of this centrally just not able to make anything happen in terms of the numbers that they were going up against in, in Portland's middle third. This three back that we're watching from Ryan Wilkinson and the Thorns is going to, it's hard to believe, but it's probably just going to get better. Yes. Time, quite frankly. And I'm not trying to say like, uh, oh, this is a game that they should have won by multiple goal goals, right? Because you have an Angel City side that, uh, you know, is still trying to figure things out. So maybe getting a win against this Angel City side with only a goal would have maybe felt disappointing, right? Uh, But I don't think that's necessarily the case. We have that half-hour window where uh, I don't want to say it was back and forth, but you saw Angel City making attempts to try to get out on the board, and a lot of it was finding Kristen Press, right? Oh, Kristen Press will bail us out, and she's going to save us. And that's tough, you know, when you're missing somebody like a McCaskill and you're on the road, right, and you're playing in front of the opposition's crowd, and it just never came. And you maybe wonder if the idea was to try to get on the board early and make it a game of things early on but when that doesn't happen you have a team like the thorns sort of take uh take control of the game and do what they do and kind of run away with it but very impressive performance from smith it was just another one of these kind of breakout performances where you're just looking at it and you're like yeah this is this is the new face of the portland thorns attack uh you know it's going to be alongside uh other 
players, whether it's a Yasmin Ryan or Morgan Weaver or at times, uh, right, a Christine Sinclair. But in terms of the future of this club, it's absolutely Smith moving forward. It has to be. And even Smith and Weaver together, I think that that combo is one that wants to stay together. They can feed off of each other and move forward like that. I want to make a probably controversial point about Angel City in this match. They were without Savannah McCaskill who is the player that they lean into to control the midfield and up against Portland. That was, that was tough. No one was going to be able to do that. I mean, Portland's midfield is really, really strong. This almost felt like a throwaway game for Freya Coombe and for Angel City. And it was, and it was a midweek match. You're without Savannah McCaskill. You're going into yeah. Portland Thorn and Providence Park. It's a quick turnaround. It was almost like, all right, let's close our eyes and get through this 90 minutes uh, of doing this because we didn't see anything different. Even from first half to second half, we didn't see that many tactical changes from Angel City's side. It was almost like, all right, let's try to push through another 45 minutes, see if yeah. we can just hold them off a little bit longer instead of trying to impose Angel City's game onto Portland. My take from body language, from what we saw, yeah. there wasn't... There wasn't yeah. a lot there, especially. I think, I think once time. those, I think once those extra goals came in the second half, it kind of was. You could sort of see the the concession where we saw Chris yes. Press coming off. I think in the 79th minute, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, this is this isn't our game. This isn't our night. Doesn't go in our way. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think when I, you're I don't when you're looking at the type of week ahead for a lot of these teams, I don't think there's anything wrong with it either. But at least, and and who knows? I'm not in the training room with Freya Coom and what she's talking about and what Press is talking about with the team and but. For Focus on one thing, like let's connect passes or let's win the 50-50 balls. Like there's got to be something that you can improve on. Use the day because you're out there yeah. running around using the energy to work on something, get better, move players around, get younger players more time. Just my two cents. I don't know. Yes, we'll no, I, I don't think that's unfair to, to mention at all. I mean, Challenge Cup it is what it is, right? It's in yeah. front of us and we're evaluating the games, but uh, you still have to do game management, load management, things like that. So uh, if that was, uh, you know, a certain part of the plan, I don't think that's unfair to maybe bring up or, or chat about. Uh, in terms of the other matches, we had a couple draws to close out uh, Wednesday's slate of games. Chicago Red Stars and Racing Louisville playing to a scoreless draw in a rainy, soggy match. And then Washington Spirit and North Carolina Courage playing in a 2-2 draw uh, to uh, sort of close out things here of these two games, Lisa, you know, which of the four teams here maybe stood out in terms of a performance for you and why? Um, I'm going to say Washington spirit because okay. they went down a couple goals at first, two goals uh, down by two and then able to come back. And that's the, the spirit team that we really haven't seen much of and, and going up against a North Carolina team that is the best in that division right now in the East region. I think that Washington, they've been on a progressive increase in their skill and their consistency and what we're seeing from them. And we got to see it even more growth from the young crew and, and the crew that knows each other in Washington yeah. spirit. I liked this game and, and handing North Carolina their first draw of this challenge cup, their first non three point game. Yeah, they've been they were on a bit of a win streak for a little bit, but still undefeated. I guess they could say like yeah. some other some other clubs can also say that uh, in challenge cup here. But but I'm with you. I thought that was a very exciting match. I think North Carolina courage would 
going to be disappointed, right, to sort of walk out uh, away with uh, only the draw after kind of dominating a little bit of that game in the first half. But really nice to sort of see the energy from the Spirit kind of coming into that second half. Red Stars and and, and Racing Louisville, a little bit difficult to kind of gauge. Again, it was another weather match for the Red Stars, uh, the second consecutive one. They had a cold, windy affair at Seeking Stadium, and then this one was a rainy, soggy affair. Absolutely miserable. Yeah, you kind of saw the uh, the ball not kind of really going where players wanted it to go at times. Pockets of the pitch, you know, slowing it down or changing the trajectory. I believe at one point my reaction to watching this game going into the second half as both teams were scoreless was that it was only going to get worse a little bit. The weather was going to start coming down a little. The rain was going to come down a little bit more. And that if there was going to be a goal for either side, it was probably going to be a little bit of an oops. And that almost happened yeah. for racing, except again physics weather kind of prevented this goal post for uh the, the racing louisville side to maybe kind of walk away and steal a bit of points but uh, that's how things shook out for midweek matches we're gonna have to take a look at a preview of matches this weekend again another quick turnaround we're gonna take a quick break before we get into the next matches coming up finding the right cleat can be transformative Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Join Just Women's Sports for the warm-up pregame show on Friday, April 1st, ahead of the Women's Final Four Games, hosted by WNBA legend We Need to Talk co-host Lisa Leslie and WNBA superstar Chini Agwumake. Tune in at 6 p.m. Eastern time on TikTok Live. Don't miss it. You want to head on over to at Just Women's Sports on TikTok in order to catch all the action. Had to give a shout-out, right, to... uh, to Just Women's Sports, uh, we've had a couple of their podcasters on our podcast, right? Sam Mewis, Lynn Williams, interviews that we've done with them. And uh, it's still technically March. So March Madness is still going on. And we're showing a lot of love to uh, Final Four coming up. So I'm excited for that as well. For sure. Yeah, we love the podcast crossover snacks with uh, Lynn Williams and Sam Mewis. Yeah, that we've had them on. We've chatted with them. And WNBA, things are happening there. But um, Challenge Cup, I mean... We got a full slate ahead, Sandra. We've recapped. We've reflected on what happened on Wednesday night and more to come. Early games, though. I mean, looking at the the timeline, early afternoon games, and they're all spread out on Saturday. 
much better for me and my my programming. <laughs> you know what? It's kind of like mirrors Wednesday a little bit for me because there was a ton of soccer happening all day, all over the world. All we over. had, you know, uh, Women's Champions League. We had NWSL. There was a CONCACAF men qualifiers that were taking place. It was very, very chaotic okay. on Wednesday. It was outrageous. But it's still going to be a long timeline for Saturday, but everything's going to be spread out a little bit. Let's take a look at the slate of matches. It's going to be Kansas City versus Racing Louisville, San Diego Way versus Angel City, Chicago versus Houston, Portland versus OL Reign, Gotham versus North Carolina Courage, and Washington Spirit versus Orlando. Games happening Saturday through Sunday. Slate of four games on Saturday. Double header on Sunday for everybody. We're going to take a look at a couple of the biggest matches that Lisa and I are going to be keyed in on and just give you picks for the other ones. So for San Diego Wave and Angel City, we've got in the highlights for us of the biggest match of the weekend. We're looking at rivalry matches this weekend and we're going to start with them first it's going to be round two of the california clash here between these two sides they already had a game against each other it's it, it ended up shaking out to a draw lisa but this time san diego is going to be on the hosting side of things who are you looking at this one and why i pick angel angel city for this okay. one or, i'm sorry i'm so sorry Ooh. i pick go I don't oh. think Angel City is going to win. I apologize. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was thinking about we how have, we have like your Angel Oscar City moment had played at home and what they had done. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. That's, guys. Your, Oscar, that's your Oscar moment. So San Diego <laughs> Wave FC. Lisa's going to be going with San Diego. Tell me what. I'm going with San Diego for this one. I think that we've seen more growth from San Diego. I think that Angel City, they're kind of hitting this brick wall and this roadblock with Savannah McCaskill being out with that red card. She will be back, which will definitely help them. But it, they're lacking that full field connection. They have good pieces in the back line. They have good pieces in the midfield and good pieces in the front line for Angel City, but they're not connecting through the lines and they're not using each other to succeed and, and win the ball down the pitch. Whereas San Diego, I think they are playing as a team very impressively for an expansion side coming in. San Diego is also at home for this match, which is a huge advantage to them. This will be a huge one. This game is on CBS Sports Network, I believe, too. It's it's on big CBS this weekend. Oh, yeah. um, I think that Alex Morgan is eager, is really oh, eager for this game because it's it's an L.A.-San uh, Diego matchup. It's the clash of the California teams, and it's at home for San Diego. Um, but I, I want to see goals honestly I want to see more yeah. goals from Angel City in this one I want to see if Kristen Press can find the back of the net because we haven't yeah. seen that yet she's been close but nothing there yet and and I think that the battle between Morgan and Press is going to be on it's almost okay. like a tried battle between these two but I do go San Diego in this one what about you Sandra? Okay. All right, so you're going you're going with a win and you're going with San Diego. I've got this one pegged as a draw. I think that we're going to see a repeat of what we saw in that first inaugural game. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement from the San Diego side of things. And maybe we might see an actual wave in the crowd, right? Who knows? Uh, maybe a bit of uh, play on the culture there and then the team name. And I think it'll be an exciting match. And I think both teams, these two types of teams are going to want to get up for that type of rivalry match, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think that there's just going to shake out to be a draw. I do hope it's going to be maybe a little bit of a chaotic draw. I would love to see a 2-2 versus a 1-1. I definitely don't want to see a scoreless draw. I think there's enough here between both of these sides to see some breakthrough uh, moments on goal. 
and Angel City uh, is going to have back Savannah McCaskill in yeah. this one. So hopefully there will be a little bit more dynamic play, some more link-up play that happens as McCaskill has sort of shown some early signs of chemistry developing alongside Kristen Pressier. So two players we noticed in these first couple of games that are looking for each other already and kind of maybe sort of, uh, you know, showing that they're, recognizing each other's movements a little bit more than so uh, some other teammates, so to speak. Uh, but I'd also really like to see um, the battle between uh, the the goalkeepers again. Yes. That's something that I really, yes. really enjoyed in that first match between these two teams as well, right? Whether it's a Heracic and a Sheridan. And I think that's why I feel more close to a draw in this one than I do an actual result. Although I would love to see a winner and a loser in this one, but I'm going to keep this one as a draw in terms of the other biggest match that we're looking at this week. It is another rivalry game. Another one that we think is going to have huge implications and standings in the West when we're going to stay in the West with Portland thorns and OL rain in this one. Oldest, longest NWSL standing rivalry, I think it's uh, mm -hmm. fair to say, when it comes to these two. And you have Portland coming off of a quick turnaround. So there's going to be a little bit of things like player rotation, maybe rest that's going to come into play. And O.L. Reign, who did not play during the midweek action. So I'm a little curious as to uh, you know who you're going to choose in this one and why, Lisa. I know who I'm going to go with, but I'm going to let you take the stage again. So on, I think this is going to be a draw. Okay. I think that this, we're going to get a draw between Portland and OL Reign. Although OL Reign is coming off of a rest, right? They didn't play midweek action. Neither did San Diego. The only two clubs to not play this week. OL Reign, they had this week to kind of reset and re-go, but which may have helped them. But I think Portland playing a Wednesday match helped them. Okay. A little bit more intense. They're just those players with the thorns are so nuts. They just want to play all the time. We saw a little bit of rest from Christine Sinclair that I think the quick turnaround for Portland is going to be fine. I mean, Weaver can handle it. Sophia Smith can handle it. I think Quika can handle it despite getting up and down the pitch a lot. I think that this one's going to be a battle. This is this game is going to be huge because in the standings right now, Portland is on top with seven points and OL rain have four. However, Portland has a game in hand over OL rain. So that does shake out as well. Uh, two wins for Portland, only one win for OL rain, and then a draw a piece for both of them. This is, this is a big matchup. I want goals. I'm going like two, two, but I'm, I'm taking a draw on this one. I think okay. the forward lines are going to be going at it. It'll be a quick game. It'll be transitional. It'll be, let's get the ball to Smith's feet. Let's get the ball to Fishlock. Let's get the ball up front to, to Rose Lavelle, see what she can do, slice and dice with all rain, but ultimately coming out with a, a point of peace. You know what? I think I'm going to choose a result for this one. I, I saved my draw for, for the, for the California teams for the Cascadia rivalry. I'm going with a win and I'm going to be going with all rain here. I think that the time off is going to be beneficial for them. I think that this is a team that is led by Jess Fishlock and they thrive when they go on the road to Portland and they have to play in Providence Park. It's something about this game uh, where we see Oral Rain come into the facility and they are ready to just go out and compete. And I think the rest will maybe aid them rather than harm them in this one. Although I am expecting a thrilling match in this one as well. It's a late night match for Saturday. I hope people reserve their energy to try to keep tune, uh, keep themselves tuned in to this one because uh, these two always sort of uh, play out to an exciting game.
But uh, I do hope that with the quick turnaround and maybe some player rotation and some and some minutes management that, that we do get to see a start from somebody like uh, Sophia Smith, that we do get to see the continuation of minutes being built upon by Rocky Rodriguez. This is a player who was missing in that first match against O.L. Reign and the midfield. And I think if she's able to go on Saturday, it can help shift some things mm-hmm. in Portland's favor. But I just think there's more depth in that middle third when we're looking at options in the midfield for O.L. Reign that are going to help attack that central area more than what we saw in angel city going up against Portland thorns. So there's more there to be able to contest again against Portland's three back that we're watching them kind of roll out with here under this era of uh, coach Wilkinson. Uh, So I'm excited to see these two go head to head after a little bit of knowledge of the other side already. I think it'll set up the stage for an even better match, but I think it is going to end in a result and I'm going to be going with all ring. And I like I like that you're taking rain in this one with the result. The first time they played, it was a one, one draw. So I think it'll be different than that. I don't think we'll get a one, one draw, uh, but I do still think these teams are battling and it'll be even. I didn't. Yeah. I'm going with the I draw. Don't, I don't, I, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up that way either. Let's maybe go through some picks for the remainder of these matches to close out the episode for Kansas City and Racing Louisville. When you're looking at these two teams, Lisa, who who are you picking? Win, lose, or draw? I think Kansas City is going to win this one. They're they're hot right now. They've uh, they haven't lost in the Challenge Cup yet. They have wins a draw um, and they're continuously getting better from Kansas city. I think they're rising to the challenge of missing out on some players and, and not being able to do that. Um, Racing Louisville is not out though, by any means they they have yet to pick up a win in this challenge cup, two draws and a loss. But I think from racing Louisville, their younger players were seeing more of that connection from. I think Jess McDonald is also taking on a bigger role where she's realizing she needs to be involved in the attack, whether she's finding the back of the net or she is creating assists. And for Racing Louisville to be able to grow over the last few weeks, um, I think they have grown against this Kansas City side. I think they'll pose a bigger threat for them. I hope we see um, Katie Lund back in net for Racing Louisville as well for for this side. But ultimately, I take Kansas City on this. They're, They're on a roll. Uh, they're going to keep the punches coming. Listen, it's a quick turnaround for both of these teams, mm-hmm. but I think uh, something like home field advantage is finally going to come into play for this Kansas City side. They've started their Challenge Cup out on the road, and, and now they get to come home and close it out. And I think that they're also going to pick up the win in this one against Racing Louisville. Louis- Racing Louisville, though, I don't think is going to make it easy. I think they would embrace the challenge of potentially playing spoiler, right, uh, for that home team on their home field. And uh, we saw in this midweek match, we didn't see uh, any action from Jessica McDonald. So this is a player that's maybe going to be getting the start in this game against Kansas City who can really make things difficult for any back line. So there will be a little bit of a challenge there. And we saw an impressive game from Ebony Salmon coming out of that Red Stars game. She was tasked with the start and really tried to make some things difficult in terms of getting on the board or making some opportunities happen in that match. So I am going to go with a win, loss, or draw on this one. I'm going with a win, but I'm going with Kansas City. I want to continue to see the development of this team tactically. I'm curious now if we're going to see them kind of play a more methodical game with a four back or if we're going to see them come out in a 
five bag, like or a fluctuating five bag, like we saw in Houston. It's kind of like a bag of tricks. I want to see what else they've got going on in there. So we'll and see that's what, what that's what Kansas City and Matt Potter and any of these clubs should be doing during this Challenge Cup, trying out different formations, different players in those roles. Um, I I'm kind of hoping for a three back from Kansas City against Racing Louisville. Throw throw some power up top <laughs> and go to goal. See, see, see what happens. Uh, we also have another match uh, in the central region, Chicago Red Stars versus Houston. Uh, when it comes to this one, uh, you, Chicago is going to be hosting this one as well. It's going to be their third game that they're hosting at SeatGeek. Uh, look, it's still a couple days away. Who knows if this one's going to turn into another weather match? I do know this for sure. It's not going to be hot and humid like in Houston. It's probably going to be cold and maybe a little bit of wind when it comes to playing at SeatGeek. So when it comes to this one i don't know if that's going to be an advantage for chicago or a disadvantage for both sides but i do know that chicago has had a couple of weather games under their belt already so maybe mentally they are prepared to sort of embrace that rather than be intimidated on it i think if there's a game this weekend to be set up for a draw it could be this one but i'm going to be going with the home side on this one and i'm going to say red stars are going to pick up a narrow victory against houston how about you lisa the weather is a huge factor for these both of these teams, whether it's hot and humid in Houston or it's cold and windy and no offense, miserable in Chicago. It's an advantage for the home side, no matter which way you look at it for Houston right now, they're just way too hot and cold. They, yep. they have no consistency going from one game to the next. And that's a huge disadvantage right now. Whereas Chicago, they have that consistency. It's not incredibly impressive, but they have that consistency. I think if Morgan Gattral is on the pitch and, and Pew, um, they have strong presence all over the pitch. That'll be good for them. I think we will see Gattral out there. And when she's on the pitch, she can control yeah. that middle of the field. And, and going up against someone like Shea Groom, Gattral is going to win that battle. Um for Houston, though, I want to see more consistency from them. That's just what they don't have. And who knows? They've had really good games and then they flop and they don't show up to a game. I could see them showing up against a, a Chicago side, knowing that they really want to win this. But uh, Red Stars being at home at SeatGeek Stadium, I have Chicago taking the win on this one as well. All right, we're both going to Chicago on this one. Hopefully they prove us right. And if they prove us wrong, we'll talk about it on the recap. For Gotham FC versus North Carolina Courage, we're starting to see the second matches, the second rounds come into play in this one. These two opened up their Challenge Cup uh, journeys against each other uh, during a week one, and now they're going to be facing each other again. Lisa, who are you picking in this one and why? This one is really tough for me. Opening match, North Carolina proved themselves to no win over Gotham. And Gotham, they came out flat. I think I think we're seeing progressive growth from Gotham. Can I pick two draws in a weekend? I think I have Why a draw not? between North Carolina <laughs> and Gotham. I think that both teams will get on the board because we've seen really impressive attack from North Carolina. That's not going to slow down. However, I don't think they'll be able to defend against uh, Anamanu and, and Purse up top. And I think Mewis is hopefully going to play a bigger presence yeah. in this game uh, based on the competition going up against North Carolina. They have faced them already. So scouting this is going to be easier for both sides. Um, I'm going to, with a draw between North Carolina and Gotham. Sandra, who listen, do you have? This listen, is a big I one. I respect it. I respect the draw. I think if you can get a draw out of this match, both teams will walk away a little bit content. Maybe the Courage more so than Gotham mm -hmm. because the Courage are on top of this East group. But I'm going with a winner 
in this one. And I'm going to be going with North Carolina Courage. I've been impressed by what they've been doing during this Challenge Cup competition. And what we've been seeing from them in terms of this kind of uh, attack by committee, right? What we've been seeing from Sean Ahas uh, to start in this Challenge Cup, I think has been very impressive and maybe under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. This sort of concept of, you know, you you had so many defenders on, on your roster and this concept of utilizing uh, fullbacks and turning them into your front line a little bit. We've seen a little bit of rotation there, right, as they continue to sort of find answers on who is going to be that star striker, who is going to be that person that's going to be the the attacking presence. And turns out it's going to be anybody on any given day when it's North Carolina. They've got a number of players who have already gone on the board. I think they have five or six goals and five or six different players uh, getting those goals. No one player is running away as the face of this attack. And I like that. I think it keeps oppositions on their toes. We've seen Jalen Daniels. We've seen Taylor Smith. We also saw Kiki Pickett up involved in the attack on that front line. And why not, right? We saw some of this working and if it's working why mess with it right and I think we're going to continue to see that moving forward I think that has been providing different looks and uh, difficulties for the opposition in terms of scouting who to mark and or who to overload and uh, I think that's going to pay off in this game as well yes Gotham has Christy Mewis back but it also took them 86 minutes to get on the board against an Orlando pride team that absolutely is in the mix of a rebuild which we already know don't use that word with North Carolina <laughs> courage because Nahas and the courage are saying no nah, we just did a retooling and we're doing just fine so I just think that while Gotham is laying the foundation they're still figuring things out and North Carolina Courage are also in the same boat but they're a little bit more unpredictable which is why I'm going to be giving them that x-factor edge in this one and I'm going to go with them to pick up the win against Gotham and we got one more to go through Lisa you ready it's Washington Spirit versus Orlando Pride I don't know I think we might be picking the same one on this one but I'm gonna let you go first who you got and why Washington spirit is going to take this one. I wonder if the, the off field tweets and then the tension is going to be building back up in this match. But um, I have Washington all day uh, taking on Orlando pride, especially now pride without Marta still trying to figure out who can control their midfield and going up against a midfield that Washington spirit has. It's almost not fair. Um, I think that we could really hope for more, movement up front from Washington spirit. I think we're seeing that a lot more every time they step on the field, but goals from hatch and and Sanchez, I want to see Ashley Sanchez just dominate against Orlando at doing anything she can on the ball, being creative and and finding the back of the net. Frankly, these two met in the opening weekend of the challenge cup to a nil, nil draw lots of cards in this one, six, three aside. Yep. Um, So it was a chippy game, but I I like this. And we talked about Michaela Clough in our, recap of Orlando's game. I think that she plays in the midfield. She will be more effective for Orlando, which I think is where we will see her. However, matched up against an Andy Sullivan, it's going to be a battle. I'm I'm excited to watch that 1v1 battle, just solely looking at personnel between Sullivan and Clough on either side. Otherwise, I see Washington Spirit taking this one and, and almost running away with it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I- it's going to be round two between these two sides. I think Spirit were disappointed to walk away, not only with a draw, but a scoreless draw on top of that. Yeah. And we've seen the progression of this attack over their three matches now and how they can sort of 
maybe come out and all of a sudden spin a game on its heels and all of a sudden you didn't realize where that came from. So I'm also going to be going with Spirit uh, in this one for a lot of similar reasons that you've stated already. But I'd really like to see the continuation of Trinity Rodman, uh, you know, alongside Sanchez. And I'd really like to see Hatch continue to show why she's a threat in that box, whether it's going with her head, left or right foot, sort of kind of this all around striker. And uh, we'll see what happens out of this one. Hopefully less physical, hopefully less choppy than we saw in that first game and uh, spirit, maybe figuring out a way to make that work in their benefit versus against them. So we'll see what happens out of this one. It's been a wild, wild, wild episode. Thank you all for joining us for the recap and preview segment of NWSL Challenge Cup. Thank you for listening to Attacking Third. Follow us on Twitter and now on TikTok at Attacking Third. For so much more, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as video. So hit subscribe on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back Sunday with a live recap of the weekend slate. Sandra Dada and Lisa Roman. This was a technical. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.